Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning back in for the ongoing 10 for 10 series. We are blazing a trail through these um, biblical references and, and some, some topics. We're trying to, to stay right here below the surface, of course. We'll drop down a little bit and we'll come back up. And what are we talking about today? The question I'm going to propose in, in very brief measure is how did he do it? How did Yeshua accomplish all the things that he did? Our text that, I, that you see that I grabbed here on the screen is, is, is removed, extracted from Luke chapter 4, when he is taken to the pinnacle, overlooked. He, he, he's, he's full of Holy Spirit, and he is tempted by the adversary to do a number of things. And he, of course, stands firm upon the written word of Elohim. He is a, a man who, of course, knew the scriptures. It was not just inherent in him. He learned even his very own identity through the Torah and the prophets, I believe. Um, but the question that I want to ask is, do you ever ask this question? Let's put it like this. Do you ever stop and think about how Yeshua was who he was? How did he accomplish what he accomplished? How? Let's be real specific. How did Yeshua remain without sin? How was he guiltless in the eyes of his father. We know what what the fruit of what he did to cause him to be clean and clear and perfectly obedient to the father, but how did he do it? And to our question that you see here on the top, did Yeshua possess some superhuman deified advantage or was it something else? Because the doctrine that I grew up knowing, and it's very possible you did as well, was if you asked a pastor or a preacher, um, a, a denomination um, to explain according to their doctrine, why, how, they would say, well, Jesus was God. Co-equal Trinitarian belief system. They are the same, so thereby he was above sin. He, he operated in a place, some may just say in a modern little twist lingo, I've heard this in the last couple months, he was so full of the Spirit, he was above sin. He was untouchable. He was sinless because he was so full of the Spirit. That takes a lot of time to unpack. We can't do that right now in a 10-minute series, 10-minute um, episode. And so what we will do, I'll try to stick to my notes um, so we move along quite quickly. In Luke chapter 4 is the temptation of Yeshua specifically. I just grabbed that out as a little bit of a reference. Yeshua, full of Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the adversary. And we can walk through different things that happened, different um, things that uh, um, were, were brought to his natural man, to his natural man cravings. He's just simply hungry. That's not a sinful issue. <laughs> but the issue was, what did he do about it? Did he entertain the offerings of the enemy? Um, as my understanding of who Yeshua was, expanding, okay? As my understanding was expanding in, in my journey of my life, I began to rightly esteem him as he deserves. I had always seen Yeshua. I called him Jesus like most people did or do. I saw him as Savior. I, I, felt, I felt like I understood that he was a perfect man. Um, he, was, he was God as man who died a, a horrible, wretched death for my sin because I'm full of sin. Um, I understood the Savior aspect in many ways. Um, I thought that I had grasped that he had done what no other man could do. That's what I had been told, and I combat that a lot here on the channel. 
that that he did what no man could do. Okay, this goes into the superhuman deified advantage part real quickly. But through a complete study of the entire word of Elohim, I saw a great shift come into view that would change my vantage point of who Messiah forever is and will be. And it exalted him through the echelon uh, into the heavens of who I see Messiah as now. Okay, embracing what the Bible tells me fully of who this Messiah man was. Now, our text today, although brief, if you looked into it, and you likely already know how these accounts go, they're great examples of this reality. Messiah's will was always in a lowered place, and he literally chose to endure and to obey to the utmost. He was an obedient son, okay, to his father's commands. Simply put, we, we, me, you, and all others aside from Yeshua do not take the opportunity to submit our will moment after moment after moment to the Father in complete obedience, okay? Now, many will quickly say that, that he was full of Holy Spirit, though, and so if we're full of Holy Spirit, we won't sin either. We have some real problems with that doctrinal approach. We don't have time to tackle them all. Um, but many others in the Older Testament text, we, we, in the Old Testament period, we can read, um, even Exodus chapter 35, I, I extracted this one out. Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, was filled with the spirit of Yahweh. And he was the one who was chosen to um, construct the tabernacle, the dwelling of Elohim. And so we must understand what the spirit's proper role is. But, but to my main point today about how did Yeshua do it, I chose to allow the word of Elohim alone to correct the statement that I made towards what I thought I had understood about Yeshua's obedience. He didn't do what no man could do. He did what no man would ever do. You understand? He, <laughs> well, you just saying that Yeshua just made a choice, made a decision, kind of, moment by moment by moment. That's what obedience is, right? We don't need to overcomplicate obedience. If you love me, obey my commandments, right? That, that's what the word said. The father and the son both said, if you love me, do what I say. Evidence of love, evidence of, of love is obedience. And so what is obedience? Obedience is I have a will, black. I, you have a will, white. The father's will prevails over my will. I have to decide, literally, and then put motion and action behind my decision to submit my will to the Father. I choose my spiritual man, empowered by Holy Spirit, to drive out my natural man cravings, desires, the ways of the Goyim nations that we always talk about here. That is what Yeshua exemplified, of course. Um, and so as I, as I went along in my journey and my studies about Messiah from a different angle and different vantage point um, um, continued on, something incredible happened in my life, in my heart. And I, for the first time, understood that it was not about Yeshua simply doing what no man before him was able or capable of doing. He simply chose to obey. He did what no man was willing to do. Okay? You see this huge shift of difference? Many people have told me that Jesus came—this is what I inherited for belief. It's very common. Jesus came because man could not obey Torah. Man could not obey Yahweh's law. So Jesus came above the law 
died on our behalf because we were lawbreakers, because God gave us a law we couldn't keep. And therefore, we have to be in Messiah now to be redeemed and restored to the Father's um, good side because we couldn't keep the law that he gave men before Christ. Now, that's, that's some really stinky doctrine I've realized now over the years. How do I know that? Well, Messiah surely entirely agreed with the Torah words taken from Deuteronomy, which told him and continues to tell us today who will listen, quote, For this commandment which I, Yahweh, am commanding you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it too far off, too far away. It's not beyond you to keep, to obey, okay? This is chapter 30, verse 11. Now, did you catch that? <laughs> I allowed the word to reveal that Yeshua did what no man was willing to do, not what no man was able to do. You understand? So as we're talking about, how did he do it? Was, was Messiah somehow superhuman deified advantage? I don't believe so. As we move to a, a conclusion here, because we're running out of time. If we say that man cannot walk free from sin and obey, we must absolutely abandon what Yahweh stated in Deuteronomy 30. And we must say that he's not a good father, that who's fair and just and right, because we would, we would be saying he gave man a law they couldn't keep. No father, no good father, especially the righteous heavenly father, would give their son a law that they could not keep, an instruction that they could not obey and accomplish. That would be horrible, unfair um, fathering, which the heavenly, heavenly father would not do. We would also have to say that Eve was simply incapable of resisting the adversary in the garden. We would also have to say that Yeshua could not do it either because he took on the form of a man. He showed that a man, not a superhuman deified man, but a man can keep his father's ways and therefore be found blameless and sinless in his sight. Okay? We know that the law is good, 1 Timothy chapter 1. If one uses it lawfully. Torah is good when one uses it lawfully, correctly, in obedience and submission to it, which made Yeshua Messiah the one who could be set apart and, and enabled to be our great high priest. Okay? Therefore, Hebrews 4.15 can proclaim this, quote, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with what? Our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things, just as we are now, yet he was without sin. One has got to shift his paradigm entirely to get this reality that Yeshua was not superhuman, deified, advantageous in his life. The Son was subservient to the Father, and everything the Father said, he spoke, and everything the Father did, he did on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to challenge you to consider this. As you want to find out how you walk like Messiah, perhaps it's not as hard and difficult as we've made it. Perhaps we need to obey the Father and do what He has commanded us to do. And therefore, we can say, how did Yeshua do it? The same way I'm going to do it, by obeying my Father. Because if I love Him, I will obey His commands. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast where we're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.